the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And a pleasant good evening to you, or good morning, or good afternoon, or wherever you're listening to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, we are at the end of June already, July 1st, tomorrow. It's amazing. I uh, can't believe six months of the year has already passed by. We've got a great show for you tonight, a craft beer guest that's actually going to be joining me later this hour than the usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Algatulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can find all the shows on those two platforms. Alexa Ready as well. We're also on the Hopped Up Network at the HoppedUpNetwork.com. There's a plethora of other beer casts along with mine uh, that you can download and listen to at your pleasure. So this track here from Chris Cornell, you know my name, uh, when they did the. Uh, the oof, the fourth iteration of James Bond with um, uh, Daniel Craig, Chris Cornell did the uh, title soundtrack uh, to the uh, to the movie, and um, people didn't. I guess a lot of people didn't know about this. Chris Cornell has written a number of different um, soundtracks, uh, music to you know to different movies and stuff. Um, and before he passed away a couple of years ago, he had just written one. CBS uh, Saturday Morning had done an extensive interview on Chris Cornell. Um, that was just uh, amazing. Anthony Mason was the guy, and I, I'm guessing he's still doing this stuff with with uh, musicians and stuff, who talked to Chris Cornell. It's just an amazing uh, interview. And Chris talked about how he um, how he writes these songs and how he comes up with certain things. Some songs he wrote in basic in in like a night. You know, it just started around midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and by five, six o'clock in the morning, he had the song done. Some songs he wrote in you know an hour. Uh, just amazing when you and and he you know he was saying during the course of the interview when those creative juices are flowing and you start you know the one word leads to another and you start thinking about different things or a memory or he, he was driving somewhere and a song popped in his head and he started writing the song. That's the amazing thing uh, you know about musicians how they can just tap into that uh, that talent and um, and be able to do something like that and put. Uh, put something together. It's just remarkable. And Chris Cornell uh, gone uh, far too soon. So we'll sprinkle in some Soundgarden and stuff, Audio Slave, and some of his solo stuff during the course of the show here. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Sean Paxton is a home brewer and chef. He was part of a documentary uh, that is out now on Blu-ray, DVD, and iTunes called Beers of Joy. But barbecue season is here. So we're going to talk to Sean about mistakes made at a barbecue. Fourth of July coming up. Maybe you got a barbecue going on. Sean will give you some tips. And also, uh, he sells hot sauce. He makes a few that you can purchase that are, that is made with beer uh, that you can purchase from his website. So we'll give you all the information on that and so much more. That's coming up about 20 minutes uh, from now. So let's get into some uh, some beer news. Uh, Regal Brewery uh, has been named the German Brewery of the Year 
for an unprecedented third year in a row. Uh, they received, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this word, it's German. It's a federal award that's given to the, 12, to the 12 top-rated breweries in Germany for its 12th consecutive year. The 12 national prize winners selected from a field of more than 1,600 German breweries and thousands of beers. Uh, this uh, particular award considered the most important award for quality in brewing in Germany. They were founded, get this, in the year 1386, not as old as uh, Wein and Stefaner, but uh, you know, still very old in Augsburg, Germany. Regal, one of the old world's oldest craft breweries, they produce about 140,000 barrels per year. They are also one of the most awarded breweries in Europe, having won dozens of prestigious brewery awards in Germany. So I've had a couple of the the Regal uh, beers, fantastic stuff. V- typical German beers, refreshing. Uh, you don't feel bloated after drinking a few of them. Fantastic beer, so kudos to them uh, for winning that award. Our friends from Breakside Brewery, uh, known for their innovative, experimental, and diverse beers, has released their summer seasonal passion fruit sour ale. Uh, this is a 5% ABV with an IBU of 3. It's available now uh, through September of this year in bottles and on draft wherever Breakside beers are sold. Uh, a sour ale that is light in body, extremely uh, refreshing, and goes well with a lot of backyard barbecue, uh, such as burgers, brats, and ribs. Uh, I know the folks from Breaksart are supposed to be sending me a number of their beers. I believe that this is one of them. I think they were waiting for it to come out before they shipped me a whole bunch of their stuff. So looking forward to getting uh, some of those Breakside beers uh, in the studio and, of course, tasting them and reviewing them uh, for you as we continue on here in our news and notes segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Modern Times, about a week ago, a week and a half ago, opened uh, their Santa Barbara location. Uh, so uh, this is at the, uh, let's see, the Academy of Recreational Sciences Tasting Room and Restaurant in Santa Barbara. The complete facility has been in the works since 2015. It features more than 30 taps, a large outdoor patio space, a menu of plant-based foods, and a retail space for to-go beer, coffee, and merchandise. Um, of course, their Point Loma neighborhood, they have their uh, production brewery and tap room. They also operate secondary locations in San Diego's North Park neighborhood, which I've been to. It's great. Very small space, but uh, a lot of great beers in there, although they don't, they don't serve coffee in there. Uh, of course, Los Angeles and, C- and, and Encinas, uh, Portland, Oregon, and they also plan to open spots in Oakland and Anaheim. Modern Times making great beer. They are now in uh, New Jersey uh, and in New York, so if you get a chance to check out Modern Times beer here in the tri-state area, if you're listening in the area, uh, it is definitely worth it. Their new lager, which I reviewed last week, uh, ice is fantastic, so you definitely want to check that out. For the fourth consecutive month, U.S. beer companies shipped fewer bar- barrels of beer in 2019 than they did in 2018. The Beer Institute, citing unofficial estimates of domestic tax paid shipments from the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, or the TTB as we call it, reported that shipments from U.S. breweries declined 1.5% to more than 15 million barrels of beer in, in May, uh, according to BI Chief Economist Michael Urich. May's volume declines are due to cooler temperatures this year compared to warmer temperatures in May of 2018. Uh, nevertheless, um, they are saying hard seltzers continuing to show strong growth and gained a point of market share. Uh, he added through the first four months of 2019, U.S. breweries have shipped more than 67 million barrels of beer. That's down nearly 439,000 barrels compared to last year's levels. And again, we, we've talked about this over the past several weeks. Um, we're seeing spiked seltzer becoming a more popular brand, a more easy drinking brand 
uh, in beers. We're seeing now New Jersey, Forgotten Boardwalk, has put out the first Spike Seltzer. So I'm wondering if this is uh, sort of a market shift a little bit. I, I don't know if it if it really is. We'll monitor it and see what happens. But um, it, it is interesting that there are brewers that are coming up with alternatives uh, to get people in their breweries. They're making beer. They're making cider. They're making these spiked seltzers. They're trying to uh, appeal to a diverse uh, amount of people to get people to come in and drink and stick around for a little bit, pack, purchase things, and, and bring them home with them. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, so a couple of those stories from brewbound.com. We thank them. Uh, a story that I saw here on americancraftbeer.com. Apparently, a Breckenridge Brewery, uh, which has been in Breckenridge since 1990, um, it is the third oldest brewery in Colorado, but apparently, uh, or it's run as the third oldest brewery in Colorado, may have come to an end the, after the property owner abruptly and inexplicably backed out of an agreement to re- renew the brewery's lease. But here's the backstory behind this incident that American Craft Beer found out. Breckenridge Brewery was founded by Richard Squire, a businessman who was turned basically a, a, a you know a ski guy uh, brewer along with six other locals. So it started as one of Colorado's first brew, pro, uh, brew pubs caught fire. In 2015, the consortium sold all of its holdings to AB InBev, uh, who, of course, now own about a dozen uh, craft breweries uh, around the world. Squire is now invested in other businesses. One of those businesses, which he owns along with another family, according to Westward, owns the building that just pulled its lease from Breckenridge Brewery in the famed ski town. So Breckenridge Brewery has filed suit against Breckenridge Brewery Real Estate LTD, the holding company for the building in the dispute, claiming that the two sides had reached a five-year lease agreement back in February and are asking for damages in excess of $100,000. Squire, who now owns Suzy CBD Treats, uh, a company offering CBD dog biscuits, ointments, and oils for dogs with pain, told the publication, because of course marijuana is legal in the state of um, of Colorado, Uh, told the publication that Breckenridge Brewery and its original location on Main Street specifically shouldn't be run by a a Belgium-based conglomerate like AB InBev. And so uh, the quote Richard Squire said to this publication Westward was, Breckenridge Brewery needs to go back into the hands of the locals, back to the people. InBev is a Belgian corporation. That's not what I started the company for. Very interesting. So remains to be seen what will happen here. We will find out. We'll keep you abreast of that. Uh, that now they're going to have to, they're not going to renew the lease. They're going to have to move somewhere else. What's going to happen here? This is a crazy story. We'll keep up with this. And as soon as we get more information, we will, of course, get it to you. But when we come back after a short break, more news from around the beer world. And then later on, uh, home brewer and chef Sean Paxton will join me. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Larry Elder says Joe Biden is getting a pass. But I know where his heart is. Uh, Joe doesn't feel uh, that way at all. Hey, I I know where his heart is, says Clyburn, and Sharpton says, hey, people sometimes say things that don't really reflect what they are. He may say things that doesn't reflect what he really means. He must prove that to people. But zero tolerance for Trump. The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 970. The Answer. Stuck in an expensive timeshare contract and feel like there's no way out? I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group. I've helped thousands of people get rid of their timeshares. 
I didn't realize what I was getting into. The whole thing was just a scam. I finally found information on Chuck and he agreed to meet us. It was just a wonderful experience because uh, he knows that business inside out and he actually wanted to solve our problem. I fought the largest timeshare company in federal court and yes, I won. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, we can help cancel your mortgage. When you're approved as a client, we'll get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off of your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation at 1-800-462-3333. That's 1-800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City, can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer. My business is at stake because the government told me I can't live out my faith in the workplace. I was arrested for handing out the U.S. Constitution on my college campus. A state law is forcing me to advertise for abortion. I realize those statements sound unbelievable, but it's true. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Our most fundamental freedoms are under attack, and these very attacks could happen in your business, in your school, or even where you volunteer. I'm asking you to give to the Freedom Fund right now to protect not only your freedoms, but also the freedoms of your children and grandchildren. Visit am970theanswer.com and click on the ADF banner, Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, or call 800-569-1559. Your gift of $100 will help defend your freedom and provide the resources needed to fight critical court battles. That's 800-569-1559, 800-569-1559, or am970theanswer.com. Joe Piscopo wakes you up at 6 a.m. Kevin McCullough takes you home at 5 p.m. Weekdays on AM 970, The Answer. If I had nothing to my name But photographs of you Rescued from the flames That is all I would ever need As long as I can read What's written on your face what an amazing voice. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at albertg at nycradio.com, iTunes and Google Play as well, uh, Alexa Ready, and we are also available on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to the thehoppedupnetwork.com, and you can download and listen to the beer cast right from there as well. That is the promise uh, from Chris Cornell, that was the uh, title song to the movie, the soundtrack uh, that the uh, late Chris Cornell uh, had done. He had written a, a number of different soundtracks. That one is just 
hauntingly beautiful. And uh, Chris Cornell, as we've been featuring throughout most of the show here, uh, just gone uh, way too soon. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Sean Paxton, he's a home brewer and chef, was part of a documentary which is out now on Blu-ray, DVD, and iTunes called Beers of Joy. Will join me. Barbecue season is here. Uh, We're going to talk to Sean about mistakes made at a barbecue, hot sauces, uh, of which he makes a few, and you can uh, purchase them on his website, homebrewchef.com, and so much more. That's coming up about 10 minutes from now. A couple of quick beer news notes. Uh, Long Beach uh, Beer Week has been bumped to 2020. This, according to AmericanCraftBeer.com, where they got it from, uh, the Press Telegram. It was originally planned to take place September 13th through the 22nd, and which is the same time as the California Craft Beer Summit and Beer Festival, which is expected to draw thousands to the Long Beach Convention Center. So they moved their event to the following year in 2020. So, you know... We're starting to you know, see this, too. Events being bumped, moved around. We will uh, see what happens. Keeping it in California, uh, Firestone Walker uh, has released the seasonal release of Cashmere XPA. It's an exclusive offering in the 2019 edition of the Beer Before Glory Mixed Pack. It's 12 12-ounce cans in the pack. It includes Firestone Lager, the new iteration of Easy Jack, and the West Coast IPA legend known as Union Jack, which is featuring a new look on the can, uh, but also Cashmere XPA. It's a special single hop release, and the only way that you can get it is in uh, this 12-pack, so it might be something I pick up before uh, heading to an outdoor concert. Kind of check that out. And finally, from Bear Republic... Purple Lightning IPA, the newest addition to the Challenge series. Uh, this is a 6.75% ABVL. has a malt base of pale pilsner, white wheat, and blonde roast oat malts. Uh, a whole bunch of different things. they got uh, some bright melon, tropical, and citrus notes in it. Uh, Challenge series number 70, Purple Lightning IPA. It's a juicy IPA without extreme bitterness. It is available now at both Bear Republic locations uh, and anywhere. Uh, I'm sorry, limited quantities in stores but also at both Bear Republic locations. And uh, every 30 to 45 days, they come out with a different uh, release in this challenge series. So uh, definitely want to check that out uh, from the folks at Bear Republic. And then finally here, uh, before we take a break, something, once again, when you have other states that seem to get it right, New Jersey in the beer scene seems to get it wrong. Now, this is not... I'm sort of blaming the state, but I'm not blaming the state because each municipality in New Jersey has different laws that interpret different things, which is kind of silly. So in New Jersey, if you are a brewer and you own a brewery, you are not allowed to sell food at the brewery, right? You can provide snacks like pretzels, potato chips, but you can't sell food for purchase. Uh, now they're outlawing food trucks. You can't advertise that a food truck is going to be there. It counts towards your event, yada, yada, yada. Now, it used to be at a lot of breweries, you could bring your dogs. They'd have a yappy hour where maybe you have an outdoor beer garden. You bring the dogs out there. They'll provide water for the dogs. Um, some breweries would have a dog biscuits for them or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. So now uh, the Almentry, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, said they are no longer allowed to have dogs at the Almentry Brewing Company in Hackensack. Now, for three years, they were a dog-friendly establishment. They used to host adoption events. But now they announced on their Facebook page a couple weeks back, the Hackensack Health Department has decided they can no longer allow dogs in the brewery or the outdoor beer garden because they're saying um, that the health department says that the brewery serves food. But... They don't serve food, but because they make beer, 
the health department technically thinks that that's food and the dogs can't be there. So, you know, again, it's it's ridiculous. Now, the um, let's see, the New Jersey Administration Code Chapter 24 considers beer food, right? But... Uh, the the state it's it's the weirdest thing. So the state code chapter twenty four six point five says sanitation in retail food establishments and food and beverage vending machines, uh, saying that no pets are allowed in there because it's food. But meanwhile, Hackensack and other breweries have said we're not allowed to sell food on the premises. Beer is technically not food; it's a beverage; it's liquid. Yes, they make it with barley and hops, but the dogs are not allowed in the area where the beer is being made. This is ridiculous. Now, so Hackensack, the town is saying it's the state. The state is saying, no, it's not. What is going on here? Why is it that somebody can't bring their dog to a brewery? Now, in a place like maybe Wet Ticket, right, where they don't have an outdoor beer garden, um, and, you know, obviously the room that they make the beer in is separated by a glass door. Sometimes it's open, sometimes it's not, because there's benches in there to allow overflow. Why can't you have dogs outside the establishment, on the street? Right now, again, I, I understand that that's not optimum for some people. But if there's an outdoor beer garden at a particular facility, Cape May has an outdoor beer garden. The Elementary has one. There's a couple of breweries that have it. Right? Why is it that you can't have your pet in the outdoor beer garden if they never go step inside the brewery? What is the big deal? I don't understand this. And again. I'm blaming the local municipalities on this one. I'm not necessarily blaming the state, but the laws are so screwed up. You don't know what to interpret. What is this or what is that? And this is not just with dogs. This is in other states as well. Tara Nuren from Forbes pointed out when I posted the article uh, on my Facebook page, she said, it's not the state. It's the way the local health departments are interpreting the code. The state hasn't said that breweries fall into that category. And then Sean Gailey wrote, I think it's illustrative of the dichotomy facing breweries. Get hit on one side and then get hit on the other in a completely contrary way. Um, And and then Tara responded to Sean saying, yep, but that's government for you, not just New Jersey and Philly. Different departments have totally conflicting rules for restaurants. You literally can't win. Again, I don't understand the mentality here. And I just want to focus on New Jersey for just a second here, Uh, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. You have a burgeoning business, a burgeoning small business that is providing revenue for the state of New Jersey. Why do you keep wanting to neuter them? I, I don't know if this is the most simplest of solutions, but you have to figure out a way to p- appease both sides. Now, does, does these new changes maybe appease both sides? I don't know. I think it weighs a little more to the restaurants than it does to the breweries. But why can't somehow they create some rule that says, okay, your liquor license is X amount of dollars. We're going to give you a tax credit, I don't know, based on the what you paid for the license or this and that or blah, 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 and then you know reduce your tax burden a little bit. And these breweries are going to be allowed to do these kinds of things. What I don't get is these restaurants that will cut their nose to spite their face to not support the local brewery in the area. If you support the local brewery, by putting your their beer on your tap, right, or get their cans in your restaurant, that's going to encourage people to go there to eat and drink the beer from the town. Like, don't you get this? It's win-win, people. Win-win. 
I don't understand it. I don't get why New Jersey does this. It's so stupid and short-sighted. There needs to be a complete overhaul of the alcohol beverage rules in the state of New Jersey to allow these guys to prosper. Otherwise, what's the point? Again, I don't think a brewery should operate as a bar. I don't think, you know, yoga night, this night, that night, blah, 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 to, to draw customers in and try and keep that. Your beer should be the, the overwhelming factor as to why people are coming into your bar. You want to have an ancillary event once a week or whatever, something like that? That's fine. You're running events five, six nights a week. To me, that sounds like a bar sans food. That's, that's how I look at it. Again, I understand it's different in different places. Uh, South Jersey is different from North Jersey and something I want to talk about uh, in the future here. But it's just, it's honestly, it's crazy. Not allowing dogs to be in a brewery, outside of a brewery or at, you know in a, in a beer garden, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now, when we come back after a short break, Sean Paxton, who is a home brewer and chef, will join me. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's mostly cloudy and 74 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer is demanding U.S. agencies start an independent investigation into a string of American deaths in the Dominican Republic. Schumer wants these suspicious deaths looked into by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and the Centers for Disease Control to try and get answers. Three of those killed are from the New York area, including a woman from Queens, Staten Island, and a man from Glen Cove. Officials in the Dominican Republic maintain that the tourists all died of natural causes. A coloring book about an unlikely subject is coming your way very soon. Phil Hewlett explains. The Frank Zappa Coloring Book is being produced by Los Angeles Animation Studio and book publisher Fantoons. The coloring book contains more than 70 illustrations featuring the founder of the Mothers of Invention. Some of the pages reportedly show images of Zappa playing a guitar, lying on the floor surrounded by musical instruments, and enjoying what appears to be a hand-rolled cigarette. Zappa's family approves of the coloring book that's set to be released in November. Frank Zappa died of prostate cancer in 1993. Phil Hewlett. NBC News Radio. In sports, Mets beat the Braves 8-5, and the Yankees did beat the Red Sox earlier today. 12-8 was that final score. Traffic delays. Well, if you're traveling through Queens, we still have some slowdowns on the Van Wyck northbound from the Belt to Hillside Avenue. And then in the Bronx, on the Cross Bronx, we're jammed northbound at Jerome Avenue due to an accident blocking the right lane. Cross Bronx northbound at White Plains Road. That earlier crash has been cleared. GWB inbound on the upper deck. The delays ease. Lower level looks good. Holland Lincoln Tunnel all a good ride. Weather for tonight, partly cloudy, low around 65. Tomorrow, sunshine, high near 83. And a 20% chance of some showers on Tuesdays before 10 a.m. And then partly sunny, high near 86. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno on AM 970, The Answer. Tradeway is giving you a chance to break into the stock market and learn from industry professionals. Come to the Marriott Marquis in Times Square on August 2nd and 3rd, and for only $99.95, you can take advantage of all their experience and expertise. Call Tradeway at 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-TRADE, or go to Tradeway.com to register. See you there. 
it's Mike Gallagher. I'm thrilled to be co-hosting the Stand with Israel tour with my friend Dennis Prager. This tour of the Holy Land will bring us face-to-face with one of our country's most important allies and one of the most fascinating spiritual regions on earth. More than a vacation, this bucket list trip will deepen your faith and expand your mind. I personally want to invite you to join me on this journey. Register today, and I'll see you in Israel. For more information and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. AM 97, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. My next guest, a home brewer and a chef who was featured in a documentary. It's available on Blu-ray and DVD right now. You can also go on iTunes and watch it as well. The documentary is called Beers of Joy. That's how I met uh, uh, Sean Paxton. Uh, Sean's website, though, you can go and check out. It's homebrewchef.com. There is a lot of things to explore on that site, and there are hot sauces that he makes that you can purchase there as well. We're going to get into that along with recipes. You know, because, look, Fourth of July is right around the corner, barbecuing, uh, all of that stuff. So, uh, you know, you're going to have those summer cookouts. Sean's going to give you maybe, you know, some some tips and stuff uh, in terms of barbecuing, how to make a great barbecue sauce uh, to slather on your chicken and ribs. So let me welcome back into the program Sean Paxton. Sean, a good day to you, sir. How are you? Doing great. Nice to be on your show again, Al. Excellent, Sean. Thanks for joining me. Now, as I mentioned, barbecue season upon us, big barbecue plans for so many of us for Fourth of July. Uh, when you're a guest, and let's say for the sake of this question, um, you, Sean, are hosting the barbecue, you're inviting friends over, What what's a good thing, whether it be food, chips, beer, for a guest to bring to your barbecue? You know, I think a good side dish is always appreciated i think uh, if you have a like a barbecue sauce or a hot sauce it's always kind of fun to bring along too because mm-hmm. you know it's a nice gift um it's also a way to contribute to the meal you know mm-hmm. i mean you think about food and being communal and and that's where i think fire and the history of food and you know how we've learned you know we really are the only species on this planet that can cook that's you true. know and how we've mastered fire and you know, when you think about a pit master or somebody who grills and, you know, a grill master and, you know, whether it's a gas barbecue or, you know, a charcoal barbecue mm. and cooking with wood and, you know, there's a lot there and, and uh, it really brings it full circle to, you know, I think our roots and it's one of those cuisines, I think, you know, there's such a finite, you know, it's such a simple thing, but it's so complicated when you get into all the minutia of wood and fire and flavor and smoke and heat and breaking down different muscles and grilling. And it's just such a wonderful thing to do. So, so all right, so that leads me into my next question here. When, when you are barbecuing, uh, you know, there are people that swear by charcoal, say it's the best way to barbecue. There are other people who say, no, propane is the way to go. Other people that say, no, a wood fire is the way to go when you barbecue. What, in in your opinion, what which is the better way to, to, to barbecue? Well, it's interesting because you know, with uh, propane or with natural gas, depending on how you're set up, you get a very consistent heat and you don't get a whole lot of flavor. 
you know, but also you're not opening up your barbecue periodically to add more wood or more fuel. Um, I'm a real charcoal fan and like a lump charcoal where they actually take like branches and break it down and, and make the charcoal that way and kind of suffocate the wood. So you still have, you know, all that, that fuel and that, that flame. Um, briquettes are okay, but you know, the process and potentially some of the ways that, uh, the resins, if you will, that they make those, um, I'm not a huge fan of, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also interesting, too, because like with wood, you know, you think about, especially with barbecue, you know, you think about hickory or almond or oak, mm-hmm. you know, all the way to pecan or cherry or apple. You know, and depending on what you're smoking, what you're grilling, you know, the flame, the fire, the flavor that you're looking for, you can't really reproduce that with, with just propane or natural gas. Right. And Again, you know, to really think about what you want your barbecue to taste like and, you know, depending on the rub you use or the cut of meat that you're using, you know, from what animal, you know, or you're doing a whole animal, you know, I mean, it's all really fun things to consider. And then, you know, to really think about like what I like to do and I think gives a really good flavor is actually switching your wood out using chunks of wood, uh, soaking those pieces of wood for at least 30 minutes and then adding those in at every hour and switching it out so you get even more complexity to your barbecue. We're talking with Sean Paxton. He's uh, a chef and home brewer who was also in a documentary called Beers of Joy, which of course you can check out. It's out on Blu-ray and DVD right now. And of course it's available on iTunes. But Sean's website, check out homebrewchef.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970, The Answer. So, Sean, one of the things I wanted to talk about is these hot sauces that you have available for purchase on your website. You mentioned it uh, as being a great gift to bring to a barbecue. So homebrewchef.com is the website where you can purchase those things. How did you get started um, with making hot sauces, and were you always a hot sauce fan? Wow. Well, yes, I love hot sauce. Um, I think heat is a real interesting thing. You know, you could use uh, different chili peppers. Uh, you can roast them. You can do all these really unique things with this this vegetable. And when you think about adding flavor, you know, there, there's kind of two camps in, in the hot sauce world. There's the vinegar that brings some of the heat, and then there's the ones that are really, really hot that are just, you know, crazy. Um, you guys have a heat nest out there. That's right. a great place to check out for hot sauce. And what I wanted to do when really craft is really using beer as a foundational flavor in a hot sauce. Mm. And so Eat Beer Hot Sauce is my brand. And the first hot sauce that we came out with is called NorCal Mole. And I've always been a fan of mole. And to really use uh, a local beer that I love, which is Anderson Valley's Barney Flats Oatmeal Stout. Okay. And I love what the oatmeal does to the stout and kind of brings the smoothness out in it. And, but you still get all those roast flavors and those coffee espresso notes and chocolate. And really, when I thought about that, I thought about mole. And since I live in Northern California, I really wanted to contribute to a Oaxacan mole from Mexico. And you think about, you know, all the different ingredients and and the tradition and, and the flavors. So we have 48 different ingredients in our hot sauce, which is, I think, maybe a record. Um, we actually use black garlic. Uh, we also have... Uh, 
the Carolina Reaper from Ed Curry in there. Um, it's one of the hottest peppers in the world, and mm. we cool it down with habaneros and, you know, with Cho chocolate, which is a local chocolate to us, as well as uh, guajillo chilies and ancho chilies and roasted poblanos. And then we have all kinds of spices and, you know, the traditional, you know, there is some peanuts in there. There is some raisins. There's walnuts. So you get just these layers of flavor that, you know, you can brush this on, you know, pork. You can brush this on a brisket. You can brush this on chicken. And uh, I have recipes on the website, too, on all the different ways you can use it. But then you can actually make like a chicken mole and you get all those depths of flavor. And it's just one of those uh, hot sauces that it's, it, it will stick with you because I call it Mexican umami because mm-hmm. it has that fifth food flavor. And it's just uh, it's pretty crazy because it starts out not ridiculously hot, but it builds and all those flavors start to kind of shine, the garlic, the onions, the ginger. I mean, all these different flavors that all of a sudden you're like, wow, that is kind of a party in my mouth. Uh, and it never gets to that point where it's like, oh, I'm going to die. But right. if it, you know, you need to have a little splash of beer with it, you know, that's that's fine too. Right. So, so it's there, but it's, it's not it's it's not omnipresent on there. But, uh, uh, Sean, let me ask exactly. you, though. Uh, when you're using hot sauces in your recipes, or you you know you you're brushing them on, it, it's it's always better to use less than more when you're marinating a dish. Correct? I know there's some people they take like half a bottle and they dump it in there to let it soak, but really uh, on with a lot of these things, less of it is is be- better off for a longer period of time to marinate, right? Well, and you always add more later. And so what I like to do is like I put like one or two tablespoons on like let's say a pork butt, rub it in really good wrap it up in plastic wrap or in a big giant bag, put it in your refrigerator for 24 hours, then put that on the grill, and at the end, brush a little bit at the very end to help that kind of bark, and you get all those extra brightness of flavors. Um, And then the other sauce that I have, which is complete different, and it kind of went to Thailand for the inspiration, because I love Thai food, Mm -hmm. and I love beer in Thai food, and we basically made a yellow Thai curry, but we used Fair Republic's Racer 5 IPA, which is, for us in Sonoma County, a iconic IPA, and it's won tons of awards. And we put that into what we call our yellow Thai racer, and we have 23 ingredients in this one, you know, galango, ginger, turmeric, lemongrass, uh, kaffir lime leaves, all these wonderful high flavors uh, that really boost all those, again, umami characteristics as well as nutritional elements when you think about like almost half of the ingredients that we use are all Mm anti-inflammatory. And so this is a sauce that you could rub on shrimp. You don't need any salt. You don't need any sugar. You don't need anything. Uh, You can put this on scallops. You can put this on fish. And if you grill those up, man, you have just a wonderful side or main course, you know, and you can put this onto a nice salad. You can do a rice noodle salad. You can even take like a can of coconut milk and reduce it by half and then add two or three tablespoons of this, depending on your heat level. And boom, you have just a wonderful sauce that uh, you can pour over fish, you can pour over chicken, you can pour over pork. 
You can use it over noodles. I mean, it's just, it's really a fun sauce. And we use the batali pepper that we actually grow here in Sonoma with that sauce. Sounds sounds like it's a multi-purpose sauce. That's awesome. We're talking with Sean Paxton. He's a chef and home brewer. He also makes these great hot sauces. Uh, He was also in a documentary called Beers of Joy that is available out on Blu-ray and DVD right now as well as on iTunes. Sean's website to check out these hot sauces uh, is homebrewchef.com. You can purchase them right from there. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I'm running out of time here, Sean, but I I wanted to get this question in. The biggest mistake that people make when they barbecue is? Probably opening up the barbecue too many times because it takes so long when you're cooking at a low temperature, let's say 250 for 10, 12 hours. Right. You want to keep that heat and humidity in the the barbecue as long as you can. You know, you can put a pan of water underneath your product, uh, and that will help create a little bit of steam and a little bit of cushion just so, you know, everything kind of keeps moist in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also put your rub on, and if you're using a rub, let it sit for 24 hours in your fridge and then take it out for about two hours and let it sit on your countertop. It'll be fine. Uh, and then put it into your smoker um, if that's how you're cooking. But that will help the temperature come up and it cooks a little bit more evenly, you know, and it'll really hit your temperatures right, you know. But, again, take your time. It's not, you know, a race. It's it's a, a marathon and you want to do it right, you know, and it's just a beautiful thing when it's done correctly. And I have lots of recipes and techniques on how to make your barbecue even better on my website. Low and slow, low and slow, low and slow. Homebrewchef.com is the website. Uh, My guest has been Sean Paxton, who is a chef in home breweries in a documentary called Beers of Joy that was out a couple of months ago. It's now available on Blu-ray and DVD. You can check that out wherever you get your Blu-rays and DVDs. You can also download it on iTunes as well. Uh, Sean's website, as I said, homebrewchef.com. You can buy, you can purchase the sauces from there. We're also going to be tweeting out some links uh, to how to make a great barbecue sauce uh, and, and other things as well, some recipes as well. Uh, this has been awesome. Sean, thanks so much for joining me. I very much appreciate it. Have a great 4th of July and a wonderful summer, and we'll definitely speak again soon. Uh, you too, Al. Thanks so much for having me on. You got it. Up next, Suds and Duds, right here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Larry Elder says Joe Biden is getting a pass. But I know where his heart is. Uh, Joe doesn't feel uh, that way at all. Hey, I, I know where his heart is, says Clybert, and Sharpton says, hey, people sometimes say things that don't really reflect what they are. You he know? may say things that doesn't reflect what he really means. Well, right. He must prove that to people. But zero tolerance for Trump. The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 970. The Answer. Come aboard AM 970's favorite yacht, the Atlantis, this 4th of July for a night filled with memories and incredible views. Board at West 41st Street in Manhattan at 5.15 p.m. and sail out past the Statue of Liberty and up the East River where you'll experience an incredible view of the fireworks. Enjoy a gourmet buffet, past hors d'oeuvres, open bar, DJ and dancing, all the way until 11 p.m. Sign up with your date, your spouse, your family, or your friends for this unforgettable 4th of July experience. Tickets are just $250 for adults and $225 for children 5 to 12 years of age. Call Captain Fred's office to book today, 212-633-1231. That's 212-633-1231. 212-633-1231. 
This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour, a tour of the key sites and places to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Come home inspired by the experience. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. For more information and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. am970theanswer.com. I didn't want to stop this song, but obviously I have to. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, our final segment of the program for this uh, beautiful month of June. Chris Cornell, Sun Shower. Has there been uh, a better voice in, I- I'm going to just say grunge rock, but uh, Chris Cornell is far from just grunge rock. I mean, this was a guy, career cut way too soon. Um a guy with an incredible voice, incredible writer of music, was writing uh, movie themes uh, to different movies. You know, maybe we'll get into that over the over the summer of things that he was doing, that writing, et cetera, et cetera. Soundgarden, Audio Slave, his own solo work. Um, got an opportunity to see Chris Cornell once, the Beacon Theater, right after Audio Slave broke up. Uh, amazed at the power of this man's voice, his his skill of writing music, and the way his songs touched you. In every way, shape, or form. I can't help but get emotional every time I listen to this man's voice. He's just unbelievable. Very happy that I at least got to see him once uh, in concert. Wish I could have seen him uh, more. Uh, but, uh, you know, a guy whose career and, uh, and life cut uh, way too short. Uh, Chris Cornell certainly missed. His music lives on. There's a new four-CD uh, box set uh, that I recently picked up. Uh, has a variety of different things from when he was in Soundgarden, when he was in Audio Slave, uh, his own solo work, some a lot of live stuff, collaborations he did with other people. Uh, if you're a fan of that era of music, that alternative grunge rock uh, music, and you're a fan of Chris Cornell's Soundgarden Audio Slave, you certainly want to pick it up. Uh, it is definitely worth uh, the listen. So our final segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. It's, of course, as always, uh, suds and duds. One little news note I wanted to get to. Dogfish Head uh, and Revelation Craft Brewing Company are joining forces to brew two iterations of In Tandem. It's a special draft-only Independence Day collaboration. It's, of course, coming up this week, this coming week, Thursday, July 4th. Uh, it's a summer-centric Hefeweizen. In Tandem will be brewed with Sussex County malt, wheat, and strawberries. And uh, to put their own unique twists to this warm-weather quencher, Dogfish Head and Revelation, each adding different complementary ingredients to their versions of the brew. Each brewery will offer its own iteration of In Tandem on draft and in custom browlers. I'm guessing this is something of a crowler, except it's for your bros. I don't know. I've never heard of the term browler. At its respective uh, Raybooth location, Dogfish Head Brewings and Eats uh, and Revelation Tap Room, 
which is located at uh, 19,841 Central Street. Uh, funds for the sales of In Tandem will benefit the Route 9 trailhead planned by the Sussex County Land Trust in Delaware, an area that will mark the halfway point between Dogfish Head's Milton Brewery and Revelation's Georgetown facility on the Delaware Rails to Trails, a bike path. And uh, again, Dogfish Head Brewings and Eats and Revelations uh, Rebooth uh, Tap Room open at 10 a.m. on Thursday, July 4th. So if you're in the area, you can check them out on uh, uh, the day of independence of this uh, country for the debut of In Tandem. And to rejoice in this freedom-filled beer, each location will kick off the day with the release of 232-ounce In Tandem-filled Browlers, these limited-edition plastic water bottle-shaped growlers fit perfectly into almost any bicycle drink holder. That's that's interesting. And all profits from Browler sales as well as $1 from every glass of In Tandem sold will be donated to the Sussex County Land Trust. For more information, you can go to dogfish.com or revbeer.com for Revelation Craft Brewing Company. Uh, their website. And again, Browler is available only with purchase of In Tandem while supplies last. Interesting. I I, I didn't know there was a specific device that fits into um, a bicycle uh, water holder, I guess, a drink holder. That's kind of cool. So interesting. So if you're in the area of Delaware, let know a lot of people are getting away, uh, you know, for the uh, 4th of July weekend. And because 4th of July falls on a Thursday, people may be taking a long weekend. You might want to stop over at Dogfish Head if you are in uh, the area and want to check that out. Now, Suds and duds. And so let's get into uh, a bunch of different beers uh, that I had over um, uh, the last week or so. And, and kind of running the gamut. So had an Icarus uh, Quantum C um, by uh, by Icarus. Uh, this was all of these, I think except for one, I had the Paragon Tap and Table. We'd done some dinner with some friends and stuff over there. They were doing a whole um, lobster fest thing. So I had clam bake, which was, fun- by the way, that was a phenomenal clam bake uh, and Lobster Fest by Paragon Tap and Table. They had not only did they have the clam bake, very reasonably priced. Uh, they had lobster corn fritters, which were phenomenal. Uh, nobody got an actual lobster. It's a four pound lobster. It was a lot, but for sixty five bucks, not a bad deal. Um, but the clam bake was tremendous. Had a great time. Uh, got to try a number of different beers. So Quantum C, a triple IPA from Icarus. It was just unreal, juicy as could be. Uh, just a delicious beer, very dangerous to have more than one, for sure. For sure, That was one of those where I was like, wow, this is great, but I can't have more than one of them because it's just, it's it's too much. Um, then had, uh, actually started off with a three, or 13, I guess it's 13, I'm I'm not really sure, because the it's in Roman numerals on Untapped, and you can follow me on Untapped at, at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Um, here's the problem that I have with Magnify. Some of their beers are are good, but a lot of their beers, their IPA, seem to be very acidic on the back end. And I don't understand why this is happening. Again, I'm no expert. I'm just a beer drinker. Uh, you know, if somebody's out there listening and can give me that, you know, the, the reasoning behind it, uh, let me know. Is it, maybe is it, uh, and again, this is just a guess, maybe the acidity on the back end, and it's almost like a harsh acidity. Sometimes you get a, a, an acidic taste from something citrus, whether it's pineapple, orange, whatever it is, and you, you're supposed to get that acidic taste, and then it's supposed to fade away, this kind of, it almost burns um, in, a, in a bad way, where it's, it's not pleasurable to drink it. I'm wondering, is, it, is the beer being produced so quickly that it's not sitting? Because I noticed uh, I had uh, a couple of uh, crowlers from uh, Wet Ticket 
of their pineapple lactose milkshake IPA. And when I had a glass, it had that acidic taste from the pineapple, and it was a little harsher on tap. And I, I, harsh is probably a bad word. It just it was present, uh, very forward present uh, in in my in my palate. But letting the crowlers sit for a couple of days, I had bought them on a Wednesday, and then we didn't crack them open until a Sunday. Kind of settled that down a little bit, and you got the acidic taste without it, you know, affecting the rest of the beer. It became much more lactose and smoother as you you know while you were drinking it but with magnify it seems like they they seem to be kegging the beers too quickly and getting them out and not giving a little bit of time to let them settle down a little bit to reduce the acidity i don't know Uh, call me crazy listen if you disagree you have an opinion on it please email me albert g at nycradio.com you can always hit me up on twitter at al gatulo instagram at gatulo uh, would love an email. I mean, that's the best way to get to me and you know, give me some information and feedback. That would be great. Um, also had so I mean, the Magnify was a, so to get back to it. The Magnify is a it's an okay beer, but again, that acidic burn just bothers me. It's like one of those like, all right, I had one, I probably won't go back to having another. Bottom line, uh, I had a post ride snack by Main Beer Company. And it's funny, uh, Sherm, one of the bartenders at Paragon. He said to me, I'm going to give you a taste of this. You probably, you may or may not like this. It might be up your alley. It might not. Listen, I like a lot of stuff that Maine Beer Company does, and I like this one a lot. Grassy, piney, a little bit of tropical notes. This was good. I, I'm not always into that juice bomb. I want a, what a traditional IPA should be like. It should have that piney feel. It should be hoppy. It should, you know, kind of have that grass feel like the, the, the lawn was just cut. That's how that beer should be. I like that. I like those types of types of IPAs. It doesn't have to be juicy, hazy, you know, all the time. So this is a good beer from uh, Main Beer Company, the post-ride snack. Excellent. And then finally, we finished off the night from Carton. I didn't get a chance to try this when it came out in cans. I was disappointed I didn't get down to Carton for this. St. Kitts Coffee. Good golly, Miss Molly. Let me tell you something. So smooth. The rum and the coconut is just perfectly balanced in the beer. And you say to yourself, oh, rum, coconut, and a beer. And there are a number of breweries that have done rum in beer. Some have been good. Some haven't. This is perfect. This is just a nice balance of the rum and the, and the coconut. Now, again, I don't know how long the keg was sitting refrigerated down in, downstairs in Paragon Cellar uh, before they tapped it. I'm sure, obviously, it was a couple of months, so maybe it smoothed out a little bit because it was very, very smooth, and it didn't feel like it was going to be strong by any stretch of the imagination. So this was really nice. Uh, St. Kitts Coffee by Carton. Uh, it's on tap. I, I don't know how much longer it'll be on tap, but definitely something that you want to check out if you're over uh, at Paragon Tap and Table or if you run across it somewhere in a brewery in New Jersey. I definitely encourage you to end your night with that. You will not be disappointed. And then uh, uh, the folks from Duclos sent me a, a couple sour beers. Got a chance to crack open one. Goza-O's, Goza-O's uh, by Duclos. Tons of cantaloupe flavor in this. Very nice, sour, easy drinking, just smooth. I really enjoyed this a lot. Uh, thanks, Madeline from Duclos, for sending me this. Uh, this is definitely something, although I'm not an Orioles fan, if I saw it in the stores, I would definitely pick it up. Really enjoyed the cantaloupe flavor. Very, very different. Don't see a lot of breweries using cantaloupe uh, in their beers, and this was very welcome. So uh, thanks to the folks from Duclos for sending me that. It was an enjoyable beer. But, folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everyone, including my guest, Chef Sean Paxton, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.